Chapter Two of the Diary of a Birthday Doll by Ethel Dow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. I was just saying nine hundred and ninety-eight million six hundred and thirty-five thousand three hundred and thirty-three when Mama Lou walked in to say good morning, and I had reached nine hundred and ninety-eight million six hundred and thirty-five thousand three hundred and seventeen before I could stop. When you have been counting steadily, as I had, all night long, you get to have a tight, wound-up sort of feeling, and it takes a few seconds before you can roll back and stop. Well, looking back over the day, I can say that, on a whole, it went fairly well. It was interesting, anyhow, and started out beautifully. When Mama Lou came in this morning, she rushed to the bed in which Maud and Gladys and me, oh dear, there's my grammar gone wrong, I really must be more careful. That will never do in which Maud and Gladys and I made one big armful of us and hugged all of us together. It is true, meanwhile, Maud got a bump from the right side of my head and Gladys from the left, while I could count a bump from each share. But Maud and Gladys were still three-quarters asleep and didn't feel the knock, and I count two bumps, a very, very cheap price for a hug from my dear mamma, though they were a little painful, I must say. "'You dears!' she shouted. I've got such an awfully bad cold that I can't go to school today. Mama says so. Oh, oh, oh! And then she picked me up out of bed and positively kissed me, just on the nose. It's through you that I've got to stay home, she whispered into my ear. That cold water you splashed on me Sunday gave me a cold, you darling. There! I always thought that my Mama Lou was an angel, and now I have perfect proof. She has a red, swollen nose through my clumsiness, and had to stay away from school. Think of that! And she's not only forgiving me, but even calling me darling! She certainly is a—oh, I don't know what to call her—sweetness! She kept on petting me so sweetly. You poor child! You haven't even got a nightie on! I'll fix you all right, though. I'm going to have a tea party to celebrate. And I'll dress you in Maud's best blue dress and ribbon. Now, how will that suit you? Maud won't care, will you, Maudie? And Maud, who is a very sweet-tempered, didn't object the least. I believe I like her even better than Gladys, though Gladys, too, is a perfect lady. I must say that both girls have been very nice to me, so far about clothes. They told me yesterday, in our long talk together, that I can count anything they have as mine, until I get fitted out, and they have never made any of the sighting remarks that lots of dolls would have made. I'm sure about the miserable condition in which I entered into their family. Imagine, I hadn't a stitch on my back. Gladys indeed said once, but I'm sure it was only a thoughtless remark, and in no way indeed to hurt my feelings, so I won't repeat it. No, I won't think of it. I won't. I won't. Well, Mama Lou took me on her lap and began to dress me, and I certainly enjoyed myself. That blue dress of Maud's fitted me perfectly. She has just my figure. But though it is very handsome, I didn't like it as much as that sweet little pink Mother Hubbard of Gladys. I certainly do like a neat little dress. I had a blue ribbon in my hair, too. Maud was all in white and Gladys in pink. My pink. It took all morning to wash and dress me. Thank heavens my stomach must have been all right this morning, because Mama Lou didn't put soap into my eyes to cure it. Gladys said that she and Maud get the medicine only when Mama Lou's left foot steps out of bed before her right. I wanted to know on which side Mama Lou generally slept, and Gladys giggled, and Maud looked shocked. 
I really think that Gladys is a little spiteful sometimes. We were just about dressed when Mamma Lou was called down to dinner. Now be good, and don't muss yourselves, she warned us before going. I don't want to have to dress you again for the tea party. And then she laid us very carefully across the bed. Maud and Gladys went to sleep at once, of course, but I, as always, was wide awake, very happy and excited. Then I thought of Teddy, all alone in his box, with no pretty blue dress on and no ribbon in his hair, and I felt so sorry. Teddy! I called. Teddy! Teddy! Won't you speak to me? I'm a new child of Mama Lucy's. I've been here only three days, and up this morning I've been so miserable. You'd have been sorry for me if you'd known, Teddy. If you want me to, I'll tell you all about it. Oh, I wish you'd answer. We are all going to have a tea party this afternoon. I wish you were invited, Teddy. Can you answer? Teddy! Do you hear me? Oh, you are the most provoking. And I just made up my mind, then and there, that I wouldn't bother any more about him until he began to talk to me. He needn't have been so stiff. Mama Lou came running up very soon to arrange the table and chairs to prepare the tea. I was so glad that I wasn't a sleeper, because I expected to have heaps of fun watching her get things ready. I'm having such a good time, she said, running over to us. I just wish that I had a cold every day. I was so rather glad then that Gladys and Maud were asleep and couldn't hear her, because of course she didn't really mean what she said. It's bad enough to have to miss school for one day, indeed. I'm quite sure she was just pretending, so that I shouldn't feel too sorry that I had given her the cold. Dear Mama Lou, one whole banana I've got for hash, and fourteen white grapes to make the grape tea with, and half of a great big orange, and six five o'clock teas, and four Nabiscos. My mama clapped her fat little hands with joy. Now aren't we going to have a glorious time? I guess I'll make the tea first. And she sat down on a little rocking chair next to the bed and began to squeeze great big hothouse grape into a beautiful little porcelain pitcher painted all over with violets. Then I could hardly believe my eyes at first and thought that I was seeing queer things because of that accident before I was complete. But I saw only too well. And oh, how Grandma Ellis would have felt if she had been there, for it is such an unladylike, greedy thing for a little girl to do. Why then, Mama Lou actually chewed the skins. I was very sorry. I hadn't expected it of her. Somehow it took away a bit of the pleasure of the tea party. After the grape tea, my mama made banana hash. And very nicely indeed did she make it, chopping it into little squares, mashing it into paste, moistening it with milk from another sweet violet pitcher, and sprinkling cinnamon and sugar all over it, till I'm sure it must have had a splendid taste. I didn't eat any of it. She mashed her finger only once, too, during all that time, and then she didn't cry either. Oh, my mama's all right. Indeed she is. In about twenty minutes, we're sitting around the tea table. Mama Lou in her little rocking chair at the head, and Maud and Gladys and I in little high-backed chairs. Now wasn't it nice, nurse, said Mama Lou, to give us so much for a tea party? If Mama had been home, I couldn't have had a banana. I'm certain sure I couldn't. Now, if you all behave yourselves, we'll have a real good time. I do hope Nurse forgets about my cough medicine. It's such nasty stuff, and I've got to drink a whole bottle full. She screwed up her little face and ragged her red tongue up and down and then cried, Oh my, that's not matters, and this is going to be a real elegant tea party. Maud and Gladys, you are the ladies, and Dolly's my little girl. Now, Dolly, don't forget that children must be seen and not heard. Miss Maud, 
won't you have some grape tea this is simply fine i'm sure you'll like it if only you try it that's right just help yourself and with that mamma lou swallowed a great cupful of tea uncle harry gave her the dishes ma told me it's a good thing that we dolls never have an appetite for we certainly didn't get anything to eat at the tea party it was like this all afternoon now miss gladys you mustn't say no that banana hash is very good yes i can't complain of my cook here let me put some on your plate and mamma lou would put a heaping teaspoon on her own plate and then pop it into her own little anxious mouth or dolly you may have a nabisco here it is and mamma lou would reach over for a nabisco now don't eat it too quickly bite one don't sprinkle crumbs all over your dress bite two do you have much trouble in keeping your children clean miss maud bite three however do you manage with help bite four and so on till the nabisco was safely down once i mustn't forget mamma lou forced a crumb of biscuit between maud's lips maud always had her mouth open it's very unhealthful and poked it down with a pin and maud whispered to me just an hour ago while mamma lou was undressing her for bed that it had reached her throat and was tickling her dreadfully another time mamma lou insisted on reaching a spoonful of tea over to gladys and i was so afraid that it would be spilled over the pretty pink dress that she wore i couldn't help but crying out gladys gladys please be careful of my dress your dress indeed snapped gladys since when i'd like to know but she felt pretty much ashamed of herself when she caught maud's eye upon her maud is so very refined i couldn't help feeling embarrassed too for it really was not polite of me to call across the table so excitedly of course i had never had any experience before at tea parties and didn't know just how to behave by the time that only one cup of grape tea three five o'clocks and two nubiscos were left on the table mamma lou was looking rather uncomfortable and i was getting rather bored not so much fun at this tea party i was thinking i expected games and such things i wished something would happen and then when i was three-quarters through my yawn nurse came in with a great bottle of cough medicine now you've got to take it you can't get out of it no nonsense now miss lou or i'll tell your mamma she said and held out a spoonful to mamma lou really my mamma was naughty just then instead of quietly swallowing the stuff and even licking the corners of her lips afterward to be sure not to lose a drop and then saying thank you ever so much dear nurse it was so kind of you to think of me and i do hope that my cold will be better tomorrow as i'm sure other little girls do she jumped up from her chair and raced around the room crying i won't take it no i won't i won't it's mean of you to come and spoil my tea party go and take it yourself i won't so there well mamma lou maud and glads looked at me and i looked at glads and maud well mamma lou i never it was all over in a few minutes of course nurse caught her and made her swallow it and she was far more patient with mamma lou than mamma lou would have been with me if i had been so naughty when she left the room there was silence for a few minutes while mamma lou sulked in a chair and we three dolls just sat and looked at her you've had too much tea party i thought that banana hash has put you in a bad temper please don't eat banana hash any more mamma lou she must have known that i was thinking of her for suddenly she looked straight into my eyes was that a cough i hear she asked very severely dolly you're getting copy she carried me over to the couch next to the window and set me up against the cushions oh how you are frightening me she said but i suppose it's nothing but too much tea party this to me and i hadn't had a bite i was surprised at the way you gobbled that banana hash but i didn't want to say anything before company 
that's what you get for being greedy dolly i expected better things from you now you'll take your cough medicine like a lady like a lady dolly without a word the nurse had forgotten to take the cough syrup out with her and mamma lou got a large glass cup and half filled it from the bottle i'm giving you my own very cough medicine so you must try to get well as soon as you can she said kneeling down beside me wait i'll tie a napkin around you to be sure that you don't dirty your dress now don't sputter when i give it to you ah what an awful croak that last cough was an awful croak i could no more make a sound that her eyes were delicate enough to hear than she could fly i certainly do not understand my mamma sometimes and once in a while she makes me angry she poured the bitter stuff over the right corner of my chin because my mouth is always tightly closed and not a drop could get in until it dripped down down over the napkin on my dress and on the and on the cushions and i knew that the skin on the right side of my chin would be ruined and that nurse would scold her for soiling the couch she really is careless then she stood up shook a finger at me i do not think that fingers were meant to be shaken and said wardingly now keep very quiet and don't get excited and when my companies go home i'll undress you and put you to bed all alone on the couch i had to watch her laughing and acting grown-up with gladys and maud and i just couldn't keep myself from complaining why oh why does she just choose me to have a cough i'm perfectly healthy i wonder if she'll ever lock me up as she did teddy bear poor teddy bear but i don't think that he can be more miserable than i was then and worst of all i felt myself getting dreadfully angry at my mamma all at once i heard a few cheap cheeps outside the window now who's that i thought very much excited can that be ted of course not his voice would be deeper and how could he get outside i do hope that nobody will see me i'm so glad that the cushions hid me who knows what opinion people would have of me if they saw that merry crowd over there and me here all alone cheep cheep went the sounds again swelling into dust oh it must be the sparrows that maud was telling me about i thought well isn't that lovely i'll be able to hear every word and maud says that their conversation is so interesting i had forgotten all my troubles and was awfully excited i certainly do like the excitement they haven't been there since the friday before i came and i was so afraid that i'd never meet them oh but i listened carefully there she is said a young voice they were mother and son maud told me there's the dear little girl that warmed up our stomachs with her own nice hot burned toast two weeks ago when we were making a very very light and chilly breakfast of snow she is a dear answered an older voice see how she's laughing now son i'm sure she never has a sulky moment you should have seen her fifteen minutes ago i thought what is she eating went on the first it looks good if she knew that we were here she'd surely give us some said the second would she i thought i'm not sure of that dear me but i was angry at mamma lou still i hardly think it would be fair to take it away from her but i'm hungry whimpered the younger voice and it's so hard to live after the autumn i wished we'd get in the habit of going down south for the winter all our relatives do now don't grumble if you really want something to eat i'll try to attract her attention you can help me and cheep cheep they piped together in a strong duet i peeped over at the tea table just one nabisco and a five o'clock tea were left mamma lou was just lifting the five o'clock tea for a little nibble when she heard the cheeps and looked towards the window it's those poor birds again she cried and jumped from her chair in a flash 
Maybe they're hungry. Shall I give them our five o'clock tea, Maudie? But we want the Nabisco for ourselves, don't we? And then her face got red. Oh, I'm a greedy, selfish thing, she cried. You poor little birdies! She opened the window very softly, so as not to frighten the sparrows, crumbled biscuits on the sill, and just so softly closed the window. Then she tiptoed with Gladys and Maud over to the end of the room. They'll like their tea party much better if no one's watching them eat, she whispered. I wish I had some banana hash left. I'm sure they'd have enjoyed that. Shh, Dolly, now don't cough. I'll bring you over here too, but you're so smudgy that I don't like to touch you. You're always smudgy. No, my mama does not love me. Oh, if only I were a bird. She is always blaming me and scolding me for nothing and has no consideration for my feelings. I don't think it's fair. But anyhow, at that moment, when I heard the sharp little pecks of the sparrow's beak at the delicious crumbs and the fluttering of their wings against the panes, I loved and felt very proud of my Mama Lou. End of chapter 2